Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Hey, wow, good to see you guys today. So good to see you. Um, God is moving. Hey, first of all, before I move on, I just want to say thank you. Em and I both say thank you, thank you, thank you for all the wonderful, generous, kind words to your cards, your generosity, all the way from the little ones to the, to the older ones. Um, we're so thankful. Uh, really got a glimpse into God's, your heart and, and God's heart for us too. Um, just great stuff. So thank you, thank you. We love you so much. Um, so grateful that we get the opportunity to, to pastor here and to share the word and, and to just be together as a family. So thank you. All right. Hey, we are starting a brand new series today called Breaking Chains. Say Breaking Chains. Woo! A good Sunday morning message, Breaking Chains. Um, so let me, let me just start this by, I want to declare this verse in this place over you today. It comes out of Isaiah 52, 2, and it says, shake off your dust. It's coming. Rise up. Sit enthroned, Jerusalem. This is really talking about us. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. Daughter Zion, now a captive. Freedom. Come on, can you taste it? What greater earthly prize is there than freedom above all else, above money, above stuff, career, people? Real freedom is a gift from God that seems to elude many. And Jesus came to change that once and for all. He came to change that by setting the captive free. And I was thinking of the first few months that I, I was in full-time ministry, 20 four years ago, and I remember um, I met the church, just green, just didn't know much, but uh, a mom came to me and said, hey, my son uh, is in jail, he's incarcerated, and I wanted to know if you, Dan, would go visit him. I'd, I'd never been in jail before. I hadn't, check my record, but I hadn't, but, but, I, but I thought, what's this going to be like? And so I went there just being obedient, I went there and I, I saw this young man who just had struggled his whole life with you name it. And here he is in jail once again. And I just met him one-on-one. -on -one and, 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 and again, one thing that I knew is I knew the power of God and I knew the gospel because uh, Jesus changed my life. And so I, I thought, well, I got something to give him. I'm gonna give him my changed life. I'm gonna give him the gospel just right there in this, in this 45 minute meeting. So I gave it to him, I listened to his story. We talked, gave him the gospel, led him to Jesus. He gave his heart to Jesus and then he went his way. And then I thought, you know, I'm gonna go next week um, to, uh, to visit him. And so I went the next week and he was completely different. He was just glowing. He was glowing. I thought, wow, that's incredible. And then he told me, he goes, he goes hey, is there any way that you could, um, you could come in on a weekly basis and, and just teach us guys that are stuck here for the next you know, three to six to nine months? Um, I said, sure, I, I, I'll do that. Um, and so anyways, long story short, I, I went in. The, the next time I came in, as I'm walking through these, uh, these barriers, the, the gate to get in, and then they, they kind of keep you in this little holding tank for a moment. Then you walk through another place and you walk past all these cells. And I glanced over to my left and I saw this young man holding hands with about nine inmates, praying and worshiping God. 
in a span of about two weeks. And I said, oh my goodness, look at the power of God. Look at how the gospel, simple gospel message can break the chains off of these young men. It was amazing. And it reminded me of the song of Johnny Lang. I don't know if I'm a big Johnny Lang fan. He's a jazz blues young guy. He says, and he writes, he wrote this song, goes, I knew a man named Charlie. He went and lost his way. Now he's in prison, cold prison, no chance to escape. But they gave him new clothes and a Bible. And the word he did read, now the four walls can't keep him because Charlie is free. I thought, man. And God wants to lead you and I free right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for deliverance. Amen? Today is the day for freedom. Freedom is our calling. Galatians 5.13, the first part says, For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. What does that mean? It means that your phone is ringing right now and God is calling you to say freedom is your God-given right. Freedom is your inheritance. And he says, freedom is my promise, he says. The promise to set you free from the shame and the pain of your past and to set you free from the pressures of the present. That's true as well. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to you and I today. The same power that blew the door off the tomb will blow open the prison doors that might hold you back today. This is a nine o'clock service. See, freedom, freedom is a promise from God. Listen, and God, and when God makes a promise, please hear this, he can't break it. Like he literally cannot break his promise. Do you hear that? He says in Numbers 23, 19, it says, I, am I a, I'm not a man that I should lie, nor a son of man that I should repent. Have I not said and will I not do? I mean, that's a powerful statement. And I hold God to that every time I, I, I come in, I get in a pickle. I say, okay, here's your promise, Lord, for this moment. He can't break a promise. It's a done deal. Signed, sealed, and delivered like Stevie Wonder said. Let me say it this way. God doesn't break promises. He breaks chains. God doesn't break promises. He breaks chains. See, th this is what I've, I've learned about just church. The, I think it's easy to get comfortable I think, I love the feeling of God's presence, but there's another element of God. When he, he, he comes in with a, with a purpose to say, okay, I'm going to shine a light in darkness so that you can be set free. I'm going to shine a light in an area that, you're, that the enemy's trying to hide in order to set you free. I mean, come on, listen, when we were younger and we played cowboys and Indians or cops and robbers, right? The whole goal was to, was to like get someone free, the damsel in distress. You would, you would just, like, we couldn't wait, right, to, to just go free someone or rescue someone. That came from Jesus. We see Jesus is in the business of breaking both spiritual and physical chains. He broke the chains of a woman who was bound by a spiritual enemy for 18 years. 
He freed a demon-possessed man living in a cave and delivered the woman with the issue of blood. And throughout history, millions and millions of lives set free by the power of Jesus. That's a fact, you guys. Let me reinforce this moment. Let, Let me help build our faith as we start this series. David said this after God rescued and delivered him yet once again. Psalm 34, 4, I prayed to the Lord, he said, and he answered me, and he freed me from all my fears. And a few verses later, he says in in verse 17, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all, come on, their troubles. And here is our awesome Lord and Savior in Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Say all. That includes all of us, and that includes all of your troubles, all of your fears, and all of your oppression. Because again, God doesn't break promises, he breaks chains. And I've learned that Jesus didn't come for partial freedom, but complete freedom. That's his goal. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed, or exclamation point, or completely free. I'm glad you're here today, because God has a specific goal to set people free. But here's a reality check for a moment. Just because we decide to live for Jesus doesn't mean our struggle goes away by itself. Oh, I wish it would. Even though the war has been won, it doesn't mean that the battle is over. Even Paul said it's a double fight. I fight the good fight of faith, right? But by teaming up with Jesus, we can conquer the power of sin and oppression over us and others. We can break the chains that bind us and others. Let me describe those chains for a moment. Fatigue, anxiety, stress, Temptation, fear, despair, anger, self-protection, or we call it pride, loneliness, defensiveness, bitterness, addiction, compulsion. These are just a few signs of chains. And let me give you one more statement here today. I believe that these chains must not be tolerated. They must be obliterated. They must not be tolerated. They must be obliterated. Chains. Let me just describe the chain agenda for a moment. Chains used by the enemy to detain a person or pin them down. You ever feel like that? To keep them trapped, to bind them so that they are unavailable to do the things God has for them. Chains are used to introduce oppression. They're used to afflict. They're used to silence a person, to keep them in dark, dry, and unfruitful places. Chains are assigned to waste lives and destinies. They are weapons of captivity. Need I say any more? Chains. You agree? So, Dan, Dan, what are you doing? Listen, I'm believing for a power punch against our spiritual enemy today, (laughs) right? Like, I'm I'm believing for some spiritual Wheaties in this place, (laughs) you know? Because, listen, we have an enemy, and it's not an earthly one. Let's open up our eyes for a moment. Ephesians 6, 12. 
We are not fighting against humans. We are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. Now, I've learned this throughout the years, and maybe you have too, is that I've got myself caught up in debates and arguments and predicaments with people and too often didn't realize it was a spiritual thing, a spiritual enemy. What I've noticed is this. We used this word last week, overcorrect. I've noticed that we have overcorrected. I'm talking about Christians. Overcorrected regarding our warfare. We put too much emphasis on a physical battle and have neglected the spiritual one. And I'm not saying that every difficulty or trial is caused by a spiritual enemy, but I think we would be very surprised to know that much of it is spiritually rooted. Much of it is spiritually rooted. See, it's the common trick of our spiritual adversary. It's called sleight of hand. He gets your eyes to look over here while he's scheming over there. He gets you to look here while he's forming chains over there. And again, these chains must not be tolerated. They must be obliterated. Amen? First, as we move forward and just kind of build a foundation for, for these just next few messages. If chains are going to be broken, we must understand and believe his authority. Say his authority. Because what I've learned is I can't truly have authority until I know where it comes from. And by the way, it's not an authority that demands but delivers. And it's not a power that pushes you down, but protects you and lifts you up. Because I know there are a lot of people who have authority issues, right? We've been wounded or hurt by an authority figure in life. Maybe a parent, maybe a boss. And I, I get that. But God is not like that. He's not like that. He's coming to place you and I under the shelter of his wings, the shadow of his wings, amen? That's the kind of authority that we've been given, that who he is. I love what Chuck Swindoll said. He said, authority comes straight from God's throne. It doesn't come from education or dress or eloquence. See, with the power of God in us, we need never fear the powers around us. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Did you hear that? Let me paint a picture of his authority for a moment. Psalm 107, 14. You hear a lot of the word today. He, he, say he, brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Psalm 107, 14. He, say he, led them from the darkest and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. And God says this about you and I today, Nahum 1.13. I'm sure you read that this morning. Now, I will break the yoke of bondage from your neck and tear off the chains of Assyrian oppression. Don't you love our God? Oh, you know, Jesus just wasn't frolicking in a field with a daisy in his hair. He's the toughest <laughs> ever. Not even close. 
right? When he sees a child of God, when he sees a person bound in their lives, watch out. There's going to be a rumble in the jungle. I think he invented the UFC just saying, okay, listen. The challenge with humans, even Christians, is listen, we tend to fight our battles without God and not even know it. But James gave us the clear roadmap when he said, first thing to do, you guys, come under God and his authority. Then resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. Easy steps, one, two, three. But we usually have it the other way around. We tend to battle first instead of bow down first. We tend to fight first instead of fall face down before God first. Listen, he is the bondage breaker. He's the yoke destroyer. His very presence melts chains. He puts a stop to the oppression of the devil. He restores what the devil has stolen from you. God is a chain breaker. See, you and I will believe authority when we know where it comes from. So if you're wondering how you can be free, and help others get free. Let me show you one, one roadmap to your freedom. Don't, don't you love God? He's got so many ways, so many ways to get a person free. Come on. Don't limit him to just one way. But let me show you one, one roadmap. And I'll show you some more stuff next week, some really good stuff next week. So here we go. As we're finishing, I'm going to give, just give you a few things that you can leave with. And, and then practice some weapons. So Paul, the, the, the story behind this is Paul and Silas, two guys that were radically changed by God, were out one day just preaching the gospel. And Luke, who is the writer of the book of Acts, describes this experience or shares it. Here we go, Acts 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, going to a prayer meeting, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. Whoa. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. We think, what's wrong with that, man? She's like advertising, but no, this is interesting now. Verse 18, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. Now, just stay right there a minute. I'm like, well, Lord, that's like free advertisement, right? I mean, they don't have to pay for it. They don't have to pay a sponsor. She's like... Hey, these guys know the way. They're preaching the gospel. The enemy is very good at masking himself in the guise of religion, right? With a mask of religion, you guys. But, but here, here, here's how you know it wasn't God. Paul was exasperated. <laughs> Do you ever feel like, my goodness, I'm going to church. I'm trusting God. I'm, 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 I'm doing all the things God wants to do, but I'm tired. I'm exasperated. It could be that some spirit is following you that might even come under the guise of religion. Did you hear that? Yes. Now, just, just don't, 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 you, you don't have to go looking for a demon, right? But just ask God for wisdom. Like say, God, what really is happening here? 
What really is going on? Is there something spiritual that I got to see? Verse 19, her master's hope. So he cast this demon out of this young girl and her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. Verse 20, the whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Verse 22, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. Verse 24, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in chains. Pause for a moment. You ever felt that way? Accused, abused, misused. And if things weren't bad enough, they just got worse for them. Listen, let me just say this. Whenever you find yourself under extreme pressure, if it seems like you're trapped in a place that looks impossible to escape, you're a prime candidate for a miracle. God is about to break some chains. Okay, here we go. Verse 25. So around midnight, here we go. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Let me stop there for a moment as we're moving through the store. Almost done. Every prisoner... See, other than Paul and Silas, more than likely, they were all guilty. What a picture of what Jesus has done for everyone, yes. come on, who comes to him. God promises to set you free regardless of your past, your mistakes, your sin. God promises to set you free. This is not just reserved for the Christian. This is for anyone who comes to Jesus for help or even around Jesus, oh my goodness. And by the way, if it weren't for Paul and Silas, please hear this, if it weren't for Paul and Silas getting into that prison, the others would not have been freed. Did you just hear that? Your pain, your suffering, your trial is an open door to set others free. Okay, let's continue, we're almost done. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted at him, hey, hey, don't. Don't do that. We're all here. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. The jailer called for the lights. You are a light. You are the light. Jesus is the light, but he calls you the light. Come on. He calls us little lights, right? And we're not, we're not a city on a, we don't, we don't hide our lights because he's saying, listen, God is calling for the lights in these last days to set people free. Yes. See, I'm a light that shines in darkness, that breaks chains. Woo. Called for the lights, ran to the dungeon, fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. <laughs> Can't you see revival happening? 
Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what's his question? What must I do to be saved? Wow. I mean, that, that's like, that's like, Buzz fishing. Every time he throws, he throws his rod and he catches something. And then it keeps coming, right? That, that's, that's the kind of favor in his life. That's what it is. He's like, he's like something amazing. He goes, and that's it. Hey, what, what do I do to be saved? Wouldn't you love that? Just shining your light all the way through the community. And next thing you know, someone comes, hey, I got a question for you. How can I get saved? Oh, my goodness. Verse 31, they replied, believe in the Lord. It's easy. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Woo. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with, and, and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer in his house, listen, in his household, verse 33, or even at the hour of his night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Look at how the story flipped. The, then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Verse 35, the next morning, the city officials, it gets better, sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. Oh, my goodness. Startling, shocking, chain-breaking story. Oh, quickly, here's how you can be free. Here's how chains are broken. Number one, chains are broken with your words. Say my words. Say my words again. See, we see this common principle throughout the Bible. We clearly hear it in words like, your freedom is so close, even on your lips. I guess you just got to start saying it. Just starts, one pastor says, the promises of God are voice activated. Acts 16, 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, listen, praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. So the Bible says, how in the world will they know if a preacher isn't sent? How will they know if someone's not preaching the gospel? Yes, yes they were praying, but they were saying. Come on. They were speaking, praying with words. I've learned that thinking about praying just won't cut it. It starts, it's a good start, but God wants to hear my prayer, hear your prayer, because he knows your words have power. We don't necessarily associate power with the tongue, but the Bible does. It's like a small rudder of a ship. It turns a large ship wherever that ship wants to go. And nearly everyone has the power of speech. But let me just say this so that you know that the tongue's power moves first in the spirit realm. Not the natural. The tongue's power moves first in the spiritual realm, the invisible realm. More powerful than electricity, engines, or any technology, your words. Say my words. Break chains with your words and break chains with your worship. Say my worship. Powerful weapon, a game changer when breaking chains. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, I, I'm, I'm not talking about um, uh, you know, just words. I'm talking about just like actually singing your words. 
singing your words. Apparently there's some power. And, and really it's the heart of worship of those words. Like I'm, I'm going to sing about God and to God of how great God is. See, worship doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be his. Almost done. As far as you know. See, it's what Paul and Silas did. Acts 16, 25, around midnight. I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm not a, like, Emily knows this. Like, when I start sleeping and she comes in and I've been sleeping for like five minutes, I'm like out of it, you know, and, and I'm not so treasure my precious sleep, you know, that I get just jolted because I like, I, I, I like to get rest. But they're at midnight, at midnight. They are at midnight right here, right? And they've been beaten. They're bloodied. And yet still, they begin to speak and sing and worship God. That, that's some supernatural power, but it's also the power of the will that says, okay, th there's another weapon. There's something else I can do in this moment that's just going to come out naturally, and that is my worship, my worship. Listen, if you want to win the battles on earth, you've got to worship the king of heaven. That, that's something I think that we just forget. We forget the power of praise, the power of singing our words, right? Singing our words. I feel like just busting out with some song right now, but I'm not gonna. See, it makes sense that the original worship leader of heaven, Lucifer, wants to keep God's people from praising God. He knows it's a weapon against the kingdom of darkness, his own kingdom, right? But singing to God will put you on a fast track to break chains. And as we finish, it reminds me of, of Israel when they got in a pickle, surrounded once again by an enemy. And God leads them to do this. 2 Chronicles 20, 21 through 24. Let's read a couple of verses. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Two little verses. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. <clears throat> it's so difficult for someone who's bound, someone who's mad, to actually give praise to God. But it's not. I always tell people, hey, just, just do this. Just, you, know, I, you know, if you want to start with carrying the TV, we worship, that's fine. Just carry the TV. Carry a TV, worship, that's fine, right? It's okay. It's still something. Do this. You're number one, God. You're number one. That moment will break you free. That moment will set you free. They sang, give thanks to the Lord his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. 
Faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. I mean, I don't know what that's doing. For me, it's doing something good. I don't know what it's doing for you, but just singing, I'm singing my worship to God. In verse 22, look at this. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. That's it. That's all I'm going to show you. That's what happens when we praise. That's why the devil would want to shut your mouth as far as worship, but don't let him sing a song. Sing your praise. Come on. Sing his praise. All because of singing a song. And this is what happened, Acts 16, 26. Look at this. Suddenly, say suddenly. There was a massive earthquake and the prison door, prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Hallelujah. And when you sing and when you worship with your praise songs, chains will break. God promises it. Lastly, as we finish right here. I got something for us to say. It's worth it. It's worth it. For us to say. But I want to I want to sh- show you how you break chains with you break chains with obviously his authority, your words, your worship, and your authority. Say my authority. That's right. God has given you the same authority that Jesus has. Paul knew this when he used his authority early on in that story. When, when, when a woman was trying to distract, remember her? Look at this, Acts 16, 18. They went on, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated. And let me just say this. Sometimes you just got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and be stirred so that you take your authority over that demonic spirit. Amen. Amen. Pastor Dan, this is 10 o'clock in the morning. But this is the heart of God. Jesus came to set the captives free, and you have authority. It's already yours. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to beg for it. You have it. You can overcome darkness and and bring in the light of the kingdom of God on this earth to break chains. Once you know his authority and once you know your authority in Christ, your enemy cannot defeat you. Matthew 10, 7 through 8, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near or here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. My goodness. I love that Jesus sent his disciples out really without any training, like they saw a lot. They saw him raise the dead and cast out demons they sought but hadn't done it before really but, but they had all they needed when God gave them the Holy Spirit <laughs> and you have the Holy Spirit if you're a child of God you believe in Jesus the Holy Spirit lives in you and you are anointed you have authority so let, let's just finish with this you guys can we stand together and 
I, I, listen, I knew this message would, isn't, you know, this might be like a Sunday night message, but, but we just got to go at it Sunday morning. Um, <clears throat> because like I said, I, I really feel like God wants to do something in, in the spiritual realm. God, God does not want you exasperated day after day. Could it be that there's some other thing happening behind the scenes that you don't know, but God is showing you today? So let's just finish this together. And I want us to confidently and boldly just repeat these things over us. That's how we're gonna finish. Repeat this after me. Say, I speak to the chains that bind me. I say, be broken in Jesus' name. Every chain of pride break now in Jesus' name. Every sin Every shame, every lie be demolished in Jesus' name. Every satanic agenda, every weapon of affliction, every yoke of complacency break now in Jesus' name. Every power binding me break now in Jesus' name. Every chain binding my hands be broken now. Every chain binding my legs, be broken now. Every chain tied to my neck, be broken in Jesus' name. Every chain around my brain, break now. Every reminder of failure, every hidden trauma, be healed in Jesus' name. Every power assigned, to turn my life upside down, be stopped in Jesus' name. Confusion, anger, distraction, rejection, hatred, shame, guilt, loneliness, isolation, sickness, infirmity, bareness, curses, be broken now in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Woo. God, that took a lot. No. Let me pray over you, Lord. I pray over every single person here listening in this place, God. Today is a significant day because, God, you love us so much. You don't want us to go one more minute oppressed depressed, struggling, exasperated. God, I thank you. You've given us your authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And by, no, by no means anything should harm you. God, I thank you for that authority. Today, we walk in that authority. We walk in that authority. We take back what the enemy has tried to steal from us, Lord God. So I, God says to you, take back your marriage. Take back your family. Take back your children. Take back the land that's yours to reach people for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, God bless you guys. We love you. Prayer, prayer team is here to pray for you. Take care. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. 
and like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.